<laughs> I call that's that all you got for I this call big that episode. Confused Juan. Uh, hmm. That's oh. what I call him. Confused Juan. Hmm. Hola. You gotta go up at the end, like that. That question mark. Hola. Yeah. <laughs> also got kicked in the nuts as he was doing this, so he's also in pain. You can, tell we've prepared, <laughs> you can tell we've prepared a lot of special material right, for this episode. Right, right, right. Hello. Uh, epi, 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 episode 50. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't that make you uncomfortable that I said it that many Well, times? <laughs> yes, frankly. Right, good, good, good. Episode 50, man. Wow. Wow. Made that long. I did. I did. <laughs> We're halfway through having to go up a digit on that first number in our wow, episode. Oh man, we've come a long way, man. And with with the material you've just heard, you can you can <laughs> see why. <laughs> I think we're on the way down. Yeah, right? This is probably the high yeah. point, and then it just kind of goes down from here. <laughs> we're in more you can, you can count it by how many times Ronald says, says epi, right? epi before the number. Well, that's like, con- is MP three stuck or epi? epi. Is, this, is this MP three skipping? Epi. epi. Can, <laughs> so yeah, episode fifty. Uh, it's pretty big. It's like our gold, yeah, gold man. anniversary. This is important. This Very. is important for us. If this is if this was a marriage, it'd be really quite Man, the feat. This is the thing, but it's not. If it was a 50th anniversary, we wouldn't even be able to have sex with each other. If this was a marriage, you would have done this weird thing where you brought a third person in, yeah, yeah to keep about, it interesting. After right. about kind of got years. bored with one another, right. kind of spice it up a little bit. Here's the thing: you guys thought we were jumping a shark by adding another person. Guess again, bitch. It got better. It, it, what is this like? This is like James Bond. In some way. This is like, Maybe. we're Daniel Craig right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, your foresight, Ronald, is oh, man. It's amazing. Oh, man. I hope everybody's doing well. I know holidays are coming up. and I'm sure craziness is about to happen for a lot of people. Yeah. The monster that is Black Friday. Um, yep. Uh, racially... <laughs> Racially, um, where's this going? Where's where this, this going? I think we need to stick to the 50th episode thing, uh, just to stay away from anything that sounds like it begins with the word racial. Uh, so, 50, whose who's idea was this podcast? What happened? Oh man, that's a good question. I don't know. It's just like I think we just always talked about it. At that, work. I know that sounded accusatory. Yeah, no, honestly, like, who was responsible for this sham of an episode? No, uh, we podcast. always like talked about it at work, and like everybody would ask us what movies to see, and yeah. we were just like, let's just start recording this for the hell of it. We're an amazing resource. Why don't we? Yeah, put our, we have so many tools at our disposal, aka yeah. a laptop. I noticed and, something <laughs> too. Like it, I, it couldn't be two of me's, and it couldn't be two of Steve's. Because if there were right. two Steves, they'd be like, "This is just facts, facts, and facts." <laughs> or with occasional, with this occasional, guy knows a lot about the box <laughs> he office. Does, he knows a lot, <laughs> and then, and then, and then he's funny. But and then, and then, if there was just me's, that it'd just be like, oh, no, <laughs> it'd be like being in a psych ward. The microphone would be plugged into a bird <laughs> or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> it would. I, it would. I would have uh, balloons attached to me, like up, expecting me to go to another place. <laughs> You know what? That that movie doesn't take into consideration plumbing. I don't know that you see them use the uh, <laughs> facilities. <laughs> They're in the sky. Maybe at his age, he just has one hooked to him. Oh, you know? okay. I, I I'm going to give him the benefit of that. I yeah. see that now. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Pixar, I'm sure, thought that through. I mean, they, they don't, they don't think like that plumbing. go through. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. We just kind of 
Decided to decided. try. I mean, it's pretty easy to get something on iTunes. Any yeah. any idiot can. Uh, point in case, right here, <laughs> and we have fifty of them on there. Yeah. So. You can even do it once, have it removed, and then do it again, and then do it once right. more, and yeah. somehow still be going. Right, yeah. right. It's it's fun. It's been so fun though. Like I think that the cool part about it is, I mean, I on occasion I I do feel like this is this is something that should have happened way before like we kept talking about it and talk about it mm-hmm. we should have started it six months before that or you know but once it got done that the momentum and the rhythm of it, it has a nice rhythm to it now I mean, yeah i think i think that's one of our biggest challenges when we started was like trying to decide <laughs> like to... we were trying to like i don't know like we were trying to fit ourselves into a mold you know what mm-hmm. i mean like because we we both obviously listened to some other podcasts out Remember there those stressful conversations yeah we would literally like, try to plan things out like even talking with you sometimes john like yeah now, like we kind of try to like find a format but back then it was like we were so hell-bent on like fitting it into a mold that yeah. we had a lot of growing pains you know like trying mm-hmm. to figure out what sounded yeah. the best what felt the most like how we used to talk at work you know like yeah. how it feels now when we kind of just get together and chat we have an idea of where we're going with a format or like you know, kind of a a workflow, but yeah. it, it was t- it was kind of tough finding that like that natural fit where it, it could have literally been like this was us at work hitting record somewhere and just yeah. happened to catch it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's cool that we've kind of found that flow and it, it like grows still. Like it, it's yeah. more organic than ever, which is awesome. I mean, there's definitely like a couple episodes that we have that listening to it again, even like kind of preparing for like the fiftieth, it was like. That's probably one of the weaker ones, you know. Mm-hmm. But then there are some where, like, I can remember him and I just kind of on the fly being like, "Let's just get together and record something real quick." And it yeah. was like the most easy, easy flowing conversation we'd had. Yeah. And it's probably one of like the best episodes we have. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, genuine laughs and like you know we share them all the time now. But it's just like finding that balance was awesome. And I think being able to find it this early and hopefully what is something that we can continue to do. Mm-hmm. Yes. Is, nice. is awesome. So has it changed the way you watch movies knowing that you're going to possibly, <clears throat> possibly be talking about them or haven't, yeah. haven't have an opinion or it, it is affected a lot of things. One of the things that it's affected is, uh, so I used to test video games mm-hmm. and I used to watch out for things like, like frame rate drops when it would slow down and stuff like that. And it changes the way you play video games, and it's yeah. and it has to this day. I, I can't play a video game without thinking about reporting bugs. It's it's the same thing about movies. I think about reporting bugs, so to speak, when it comes to that sort of thing. So, what, what I mean, I've always see? I don't know. I feel like it's the the one piece that's really changed with me is I I, I feel like I have a really good sense of what you guys are into. Mm-hmm. So like I find myself watching movies now, and like I think about what you guys are going to say about it. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I'm much more aware of what my co-hosts like what we're going to be able to talk about when when i know we're recording something for the show Mm -hmm. i mean i've always been like somebody that's more than like happy to talk about any movie like i've always like been a huge fan of films and coming from a job where i used to kind of work in the industry in baltimore it was like i'd always be talking about movies like pre-seeing them and and post you know so i don't think that my way that i watch the movie is different like you know i've always kind of pulled a lot of stuff out like you mentioned like the bugs things. I'm always like a stickler for like continuity issues in movies. I yeah. always like write that shit down. Right, right. But um, you know, I think my big thing that's changed is like initially with, with Ronald now with you, John, it's like I think about oh Ronald's totally gonna rip this apart, like this CGI or whatever. <laughs> or John's got his, you know, I just like see little pieces and I know like, okay, we're gonna we're gonna probably talk about that. So I should probably form an opinion on it now. <laughs> so I can put my line in that's the That's funny, but I'm actually gonna talk about something. Yeah. I'm sure you, I don't doubt it. Oh, yep. But yeah, I don't know. I think you know that's the only thing that's really changed my yeah kind so, of the way I see stuff. I, I think guess, it's it's interesting you mentioned that because when I thought about starting to do this and how it kind of 
to fit into something, you know, having listened to it before mm-hmm. that, it's like, I think we could do a lot more tearing movies apart. And yeah. I think you can tell sometimes when we're just kind of exhausted by a movie, but like, mm-hmm. I, I don't think there's a lot of time spent talking about things that you don't like. Yeah. I don't know. I think that there's something about trying to find the good in it. Like I'm trying to, I'm, I'm holding out hope. Yeah. And then with the, at the, at the moment when I realize the movie's not going to be that good, well, then it's like, well, now I've got to be just as studious about figuring out what what yeah, isn't yeah. working about this. So I, I think I know why it is, though. I think yeah. that it, whether whether we will readily admit this or not, we're all artists of some sort. Mm-hmm. And I think that when you watch something, you really want to think that this person is putting their heart and soul into it. And it's almost like as if, you know, you two write, and and do music if you were to write something you'd at least want somebody to hear it out and try yeah. to highlight the good parts before sure. you rip it apart yeah, that's a great point so i think that's why it kind of comes down to us reviewing things the way and I, and i think mm-hmm. that's why people review things the way they do a lot of the people that review things don't create things so they don't get why it's important to to at least highlight two or three things that are good yeah you can at least seek out those things that yeah, are your sort of stalking horses the things you know to look for yeah, that like yeah it's it's a weird thing to listen to a reader review or listen to a review that's just like destroying something completely without even considering mm-hmm. the effort because there is effort, man. Even the even the room yeah. had some effort. You know what I mean? Even yeah. the guy that did the room, was <laughs> yeah, like, but you know the room. I haven't seen that one. Yet, but, uh, <laughs> the, this must be really good. Everyone keeps talking about it. <laughs> the most horrific movie ever. So, but but there is some there's some redeeming qualities to it. Mm-hmm, I, I for think sure. I like I enjoy that about our podcast. So, yeah. The other thing I've noticed is that I I don't need to bother my wife as much. I used to, <laughs> I used to follow her around the house just mm-hmm. talking about movies all the time, and now I sort of feel like if uh, she yeah, really wants to hear that it. opinion, she can right, check right. out episode forty eight point five. I feel like that too. Like somebody will ask me, I'm like, fuck yeah. Look, episode forty five, please. <laughs> I don't want to explain this. Please again. refer to episode. Well, I don't so want to explain so this often again. in life, I wish that you could have a press conference. Like if there's some big big event that goes <laughs> right. on in your life. Like I remember when I had a big breakup uh, towards the end of college, and everyone wanted to talk to me about it. And after yeah. a while, I got really sick. And since I was the one who was left kind of standing around <laughs> holding the bag yeah. in this situation, everyone was coming to me going, "Oh my God, I heard!" Yeah. And I just really wanted to sit everybody down in one room, like at a oh. table with microphones, you know, right. and for different news stations, and then just answer all the questions yeah. once yeah. and get on with my life. I think now that could be handled by like a group text message. Yeah, right. That's true. Wouldn't that be awesome? Oh, that, that'd be so awesome. To whom it makes sense. Yeah, yeah, right. Save your breath. This is what yeah, went right, down. Yeah. Right, right. Delete this message immediately. Right. Do not reply. I don't want to see the thread of conversation. Yeah. That's such a good idea. Group text it. Group text it to summarize it. So, John, how do you feel about it? <clears throat> we haven't talked to you about that. Didn't I just say how I, I think feel he did? It? You did. Well, now he feels a little insulted that you don't listen to what he said. I did. Yeah, right? I he did. Just, but like, I, I guess... think he was just looking into my eyes. Yeah. I think. I think maybe what he more so meant was like about yeah. just like coming on board, board yeah, and being more involved. Well, and... I mean, I think you know it's interesting that you mentioned the thing about being a uh, a person who at least attempts some kind of creative work is because it is almost yeah. an odd thing to put so much thought into talking about other people's work. Yeah. I mean, and it's something. But when to me. I, the real joy of it is the the capturing of the the conversation. Like you know, those times when you capture something that's really organic or really natural, 
I think that, I mean, again, knowing that the stuff that I listen to, I seek out those little moments where it seems like, okay, it's almost like when you're reading a good book and it's a, and you want to find someone else who's reading mm-hmm. the same book and point that part out to them. But, you know, that's seldom the case. You're always, no one's ever doing the same thing as you. I feel like sometimes with podcasts, you get this great little glimmer of like, oh, that was, that that's humanity right there. Yeah. Yeah. And so to me, it's just kind of fun. I mean, I don't, I don't, I'm not in the habit of recording conversations and then playing them back, yeah. but just in getting these things ready, you just notice little things about the way people talk to each other. And Definitely. it's almost like, I, I think that everyone should do it at least for a little while record yourself shooting the shit with some people play it back and listen to it you'll be able to work out a lot of your uh your verbal tics like i'm trying to stop saying literally so much i've learned that that's a problem (laughs) a a friend has told me how terrible it is to use literally all the time and i I literally don't see the point of doing that uh no but i mean cool I don't know. You say that and like yeah. people are like, oh, I need to take this seriously. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like he's being literal right now. Right. Yes, not figurative, but literal. It's like when somebody's like, he attacked me when I said that. Like, <laughs> oh, he literally attacked yeah. me when I said. It's something funny about. Yeah. That. Well, I think because it's meaningless that at some point it may <laughs> it have is, meant something right? that yeah. they say literally. But now you're just thinking like, what they mean is he literally he, he really got up in my grill. Yeah, I mean literally. <laughs> He was up in my grill. My literal what grill. What they mean is emphatically? Yeah. Is that, what, is, that, is that what it is? I think that people use it to, to mean, like, no, seriously. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or I want to start saying figuratively. He figuratively. Yeah, because that's the problem with the way people use literally, is that literally is supposed to be as opposed as opposed to some figurative use of the same right. phrase. So when people say, no, we were literally up all night, you want to say, well, as opposed to figuratively up all night? Like, I mean, you know, there's, there's no... But right, right. Oh, language. Our language mm-hmm. podcast, language schmanguage. Yeah, will be like, a little <laughs> Yeah, oh, the soon. possibilities coming soon. No, oh. but I mean, I look forward to this. I, 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 you, I, I think you know. One thing you've said recently, Ronald, was uh, talking about people ask you why you talk about the things you like so much, mm-hmm. and I think that sometimes it's you know it might be a like high functioning Aspergers or something like that. I don't know, <laughs> but I've always <laughs> felt this compulsion to like explain the things that I like and try to show, I, mean, I don't know if it's like showing how much thought I've put into it or something, mm-hmm. but it's great to have an outlet for those type of thoughts. Definitely. And to the point where I've started taking notes whenever I can, when I'm watching a movie yeah. and it makes me wish I'd taken notes during every movie I've ever watched or every book wow. I've right. ever read, because to, to be able to recall that, that information, yeah. it, it, I don't know, it, it just, it's much more of an engaging uh, relationship. I mean, I already, I've always liked to watch movies, but it's great to kind of feel like there's a reason to, and it's also a great excuse to go watch a movie sometimes. Where are you it going? Is. I got I've I got to see this movie. Yeah. You don't know how mad Ronald and Steve will be at me. <laughs> I say that all the time and people look at me like I'm like I have to see this movie. I have to see this before Tuesday. Right. They're like, <laughs> "What? What? What are you talking about?" I'm like, "I I got to have to see this it's, it's, movie." It's work. Yeah. I mean, it's fun. It it's a passion. But yeah. you know, you got to see the Somebody's got to make the donuts. <laughs> yeah. And we're we're not doing that, but we're watching movies. <laughs> Well, that's enough talking about making the donuts. <laughs> oh, a little walk down memory lane. Let's make some donuts. 50 guys. extra. Yeah. 50, 50. Very strong, very proud of episodes. Yes. You guys have done a great job. Thank some more, hopefully. You know, yeah. we'll, we'll keep doing it as long as it's as fun as it has been. As long so. as we have internet storage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess that's what that's the only limitation. Well, we thankfully, we that. have plenty, right? Yeah. Go now, Daddy. Now we're back. Yeah, we're, we're back. We're back at it. So you guys have always talked about that. You know, that going with the zero, zero, 001 at the beginning yeah. and how that yeah. implies 100, you realize that they have to make at least 50 more movies for you guys to make it to 100. Yeah. I'm pretty confident. So that. I just want to let <laughs> the entertainment industry know, give us just 50 more. Stay together for the kids. Yeah, right. yeah, right. Come on, please. <laughs> right. <laughs> they, I mean, if they're all, if they're all, um, 
bring it ons and mm-hmm. <laughs> step ups. I, I'm I'm fine with that. I'm fine with those movies. Like, there probably will be 50 of those. <laughs> There'll be before, 50 of them. Yeah. Like Land Before Time. There's like yeah. 10 of them. Yeah. 10 of those movies. That's insane. Uh, as long as it makes money. Yeah. Maybe they'll just keep doing them. But yeah, yeah. guys, good, good times. And uh, to more. Yeah. Looking man. forward to it. To you know, something more. else had its 50th uh, anniversary recently. <laughs> no way. What movie? Are you being literal right now, John? I am literally, figuratively <laughs> saying that something else. What is it? Hit 50. The James Bond series. Wow. Get the... That's, that's a good shot. That was great, yeah. guys. <laughs> yeah, that, that's kind of nice how that lined up. And, you know, yeah. just maybe could we be possibly talking about a James Bond movie this episode? Did that line up properly? Or? I think so. I think so. Nice. Yes. Ooh. Well done, guys. Yeah. <laughs> we were just that in sync. Yep. yep. Even more so than mm. JT and JC. <laughs> My life is complete. Yeah, so Skyfall. We're going to be talking about Skyfall. 23rd entry in the Bond franchise. Sheesh. I was concerned maybe for a little while there that it might not happen. Yeah. After all the problems that MGM had. And yeah. I guess and now, but within a month, the other movie that was in, in danger at that point, which was The Hobbit, is hitting theaters. So yeah. it's like... Right. It's funny when those things seem like they're going to fall. I was thinking about that when I was watching Skyfall. Just that, you know, sometimes there's, there are those movies that you're just glad to be sitting down watching. And so that I was just sitting there watching that opening action sequence, and I was just so pumped, and I was just thinking, oh, yeah. And to think that, like, a couple of years ago, this was maybe not going to happen, and now it seems like, of course, it was going to happen. They just had to get their money in order. But yeah. straight it was yeah. 2010 that this was supposed to be shot, right, or, mm-hmm. or be released. Yeah. Man, it's kind of weird to think about that. But it's yeah. weird that the same people kind of came back on board. Like, you usually expect them to lose a director, but right. it was Sam Mendes back then, too. So Yeah, they had him lined up, like, right after Quantum of Solace came out. Yeah. but um, For good reason. What after Quantum of Solace? Yeah, yeah, that wasn't very good. Uh, I, I was, wasn't a fan. This is the weakest. I liked. I think I liked it more than most people did. But really? I, but I have. I, I don't know that I have a huge like a high standard necessarily for James Bond movies. Right, and right. I think I particularly liked the the Craig uh, approach. Mm-hmm. And so I think I enjoyed it for that reason that it still seemed better to me than the Brosnan era, and it still seemed better than to me than a lot of the kind of campier. Uh, Roger Moore movies, you know, but I don't know that I've ever really stacked all the James Bonds up well, against each other. I would, uh, yeah, I'm probably in a similar boat because I don't, I don't know that I would say I'm like a James Bond fan. Like, mm-hmm. definitely the Pierce Brosnan era is when I kind of got into yeah. the franchise mm-hmm. and went back and watched a few Sean Connery ones and kind of got a taste of all the different the Bonds. But I think when Daniel Craig came on board, I think it really kind of with his portrayal of Bond, I think it shifted the whole like tone of the mm-hmm. the films. And I think with Skyfall, even more so than anything before. And I think that's something I want to talk about when we when we get a little more well, into the conversation. That- is just like the way that Skyfall feels, like its tone. Mm-hmm. And I think where it talks to like where James Bond is in the, in life, like his age and his physical oh, yeah. you know, that piece. I think is really handled kind of interestingly in this film. Which reminded yeah. me of Dark Knight Rises a little bit, how that whole that dealt yeah. with age, but you know, I or think, they deal with like a guy who's got scars. Yeah, yeah, he's he's yeah. not he's literal not. and figurative <laughs> scars. Literally, you're, yeah, this, this, you're on fire. Yeah. You are. Uh, I've gotten I've gotten the difference between literal and figurative worked out. Not literally on fire, just yeah. figuratively. Yeah, on fire. yeah, right, right. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I, I think you guys I, will I'm, let me know if I'm literally. Yeah, on I'll fire. tell you. Yeah. yeah. Okay. The uh, cool. the the Daniel Craig Bond is just so much more. I don't know. I, I was a huge fan. You know, in the first uh, his first shot at as Bond, but he just has like this. Uh, it's a it's a. 
the physicality of his bond and, you know, like the fact that when the gadgets fail or when something else, like all these sexy toys that he has, when they don't work, like his fists can still work or his mm-hmm. fighting yeah. skills. Like there's more than just the suave, like talker, the brooding, you know, gentleman. There's, there's like muscle behind an agent. You know yeah. what I mean? And I mean, I love that about his bond up until the, this point, Brit, I mean, all Brit leads, very soft. I mean, like, I, I mean, I don't know how else to say it. Like, these guys, you you know, you would trust them behind a gun, but when it came to anything else, like, they couldn't disarm anyone, really. Well, I mean, they? I think the last Bond that, and uh, I mean, of course, everyone says Connery was, oh, you know, dear. in general, people think of him as, like, the definitive one. Yes. I think even those movies had a, a sort of campiness to them. Oh, yeah. But I think that Connery played him a lot more kind of like a... a like a gruff kind of a thug, not a thug, but like a tough guy more so than Roger Moore did. Yeah. Um, and then I think that once Roger Moore, that era really turned the movies into something else. Like the, 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 how ridiculous the, like the opening scene could be and the, you know, mm-hmm. the, just how the stunts would become so insane. I think that that, it got really pretty far removed from this idea of this kind of cold blooded killer. Right. Uh, and I think that, what they did with Daniel Craig in particular, not so much with Pierce Brosnan, because I feel like, you know, that had like invisible cars and, and ice castles. And I mean, it had all these yeah. like, yeah. these crazy elements that felt like they were getting further and further uh, away from the yeah. kind of kernel yeah. of the original idea. Uh, and the Daniel Craig movies to me symbolized kind of a return to that idea that Bond was not such a, you know, that he was suave, but he was, he, he I mean, he's kind of a misogynist asshole. I mean, he's kind of a, yeah. You know, like he's a chilly guy. He's like, and I think that what they've done over the course of these three movies is kind of get that Daniel Craig Bond a little bit closer to the kind of wisecracking uh, Bond of you know the earlier movies, yeah. but without losing the kind of darkness. I think that this movie has yeah, a lot of really a, a lot of really it. violent bits in it, um, and a couple of things I didn't, that didn't even sit that well with me that were felt a little too dark. And, Same. But uh, but overall, uh, I thought that Daniel Craig's characterization was, you know, continued to kind of carry the day. I thought maybe they gave him a couple too many kind of cute quips or attempts at those kind of one-liners. But mm-hmm. there was some really, I, I really felt like as the movie went along, uh, those things became more apparent. I think the first half or so was was pretty was pretty on point, pretty awesome. Like I really loved the little asides. Um, just to talk about some of the characters uh, that really stood out, but uh, I thought that uh, Ben Wishaw as uh, the new Q oh, yeah. was great. And I, their oh, little opening great. scene in the museum where they kind of have this little verbal sparring back, back and forth, forth yeah. was great. I thought other parts, the verbal sparring felt, I mean, there were times when, you know, you have line and then a line. It feels a little stilted, but I thought that was great. And I love when he gives them the, the, what, the gadgets this time around are not, uh, on the face of it, not as amazing as they have been in the past. And mm-hmm. Bond kind of comments on that. And what he says is, well, it's hardly Christmas, is it? Yeah. I thought that was a great little, yeah. like, I actually chuckled out loud at that. And I, I think that there were a lot of moments like that that really felt like they were really, really playing off that history that, that the movies have. And really, yeah, I, yeah, you get that from it. Like, there's a couple, like, kind of winks yeah. to the Bond of yesteryear, you know. I like that. But we all like the Craig Bond. Only none of us have I, I absolutely do. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Yes. Maybe I, my favorite. I mean, I I would say my favorite by far. I mean, mm-hmm. and I know that again. Admittedly, I don't have the history like with as many of the you yeah. know Roger Moore, even Connery, who I mm-hmm. you, you always hear is the the Bond. Yeah. Um. You know, I, I kind of like. And it's kind of hard Brosnan, to argue with that. Yeah. It's yeah. And of, I and I really yeah. can't have a place to because I haven't yeah. seen them all. But you know, really kind of, I was really big fan of Casino Royale. I thought it was. I thought yeah. that was pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Um. 
I would, but I feel my personal, I think Skyfall was my favorite one of, mm-hmm. of what Craig has been in. And actually of any of the ones that have come out in my life, you know, like probably that I've seen like the, Bro- the Brosnan films for a lot of reasons, like you just mentioned, John, but I just like, um, like, I don't know. I just really enjoyed the, the tone of the film. I just felt so much more urgency and like it being more personal and not some big global, like this global play for domination. You know, it wasn't yeah. that it was coming back to one person's, vendetta against one person you know and and how everybody else kind of gets sucked into that and i think that like that personal vibe that the whole the film carried from beginning to end you know with what happens to bond in the opening sequence to what happens to another character at the end of the film you know i think it all kind of comes full circle and i kind of liked how it kind of it kind of pulled it in a little bit and didn't go for like the big grandiose thing whether it's about the villain's plans or the gadgets like you said yeah or anything like that. And I love the, there's a lot of throwbacks to some of the vehicles in the film and mm-hmm. just character references. And, you know, I just thought it was a all around, just a really cool experience and seeing it, you know, in, in, in a theater, like, you know, in a, it's just, it's, it's, it's an, ex, it's one of those movies where I feel like it was an experience to see it in a theater. I, I thought yeah, the I action so while not like crazy off the wall, the opening sequence, I thought was awesome. You know, when he yeah. literally jumps into the back of that trip, that moving car, as it's like breaking apart and he just gets in there and he's just like, just like, he actually like adjusts his he like adjusts his cuff yeah. oh yeah that's what it was yeah. he adjusts his cuff link you know yeah. and like i'm just yeah. like that is so fucking cool yeah, yeah you know is. in the trailer that spot i was like giddy to see the movie when oh, yeah. i saw that yeah. in the trailer and then seeing it in context of the, the oh that's of that chase like, it was like oh man this is yeah. just this is like the halfway point so, in this chase so i mean another point i bet we will all agree on one of the best looking movies I've oh seen in a long yeah, time. Yeah. You know, I mean, Roger Deacon. Yeah. Uh, and, and Incredible. The, and it kept up in the ante. Like, I kept thinking, and this is also, you know, I'll start, I'll tip my hand a little bit here. I, I The movie didn't lose me exactly, but I would say mid, late, middle period, it kind of got a little, like, the. I started to feel that it was two and a half hours long. Uh, and yeah, I think I my butt wanted it to be two hours long. Okay. Yeah. And without getting too much into the plot specifics, there's kind of an event that happened, like, midway into the the, the movie, the, the stakes kind of change. And I, it really lost a lot of momentum for me. There's a scene where um, they they capture someone, and you know, it's as though the movie might end there. But of course, you know that it's far from over. I feel mm-hmm. like at that point, I kind of it kind of lost a little bit of momentum. That it took a while for it to get back up to me, with me. I, I did enjoy some of the um, kind of personal mythology that they developed in this, with regards to what, like where the climax takes place and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. And I thought that, that once cool. you get into that scene, I mean, again, some of the photography that like that some whole of the scenes is amazing. The, the, yeah. the, the there's the, when you have there's a, there's something <laughs> again without saying too many, there's something burning mm-hmm. in the background, <laughs> and we have a lot of figures on a kind of uh, dark <sighs> field at yeah. night, and the, and you can see like different. There's the smoke, and there's all this atmospheric effects, and there's just these shadowy figures w- that are kind of moving through this kind of weird orange glow. It was like something out of uh, a fantasy movie almost in terms of how evocative the imagery was. So I kept getting pulled back into just how excellently made it was. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So I, you know, um, even though it started to feel long to me, I, 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 you just really feel that everyone was trying to make it a really good movie. And I think that's one of the heartening things about Sam Mendes doing this. And it kind of goes back to our previous discussion about uh, the Star Wars sequels that are about to get churned out is that it... I like it when they go to real filmmakers to make a movie like this. Yeah. I like when they go to a director like Sam Mendes, who who's on the list of like a list directors, but maybe not the guy who gets picked for the action project. Sure. Yeah. And I like to see someone like that really. I mean, I, you can see all the marks of someone trying to. It feels like he was trying to make. If this was the last James Bond movie, 
they, they they try to give you enough nods to the series and enough things to wrap things up. Like the the, the classic theme music comes back in yep. a really pivotal point in the movie. And, and it, it's it also they weave it throughout the whole movie, which yeah. is also interesting too. Like it's it's all the little little things that make it visually. I wanted to say I don't know how to say this without sounding like super simple about it, but the darks are dark and the lights are light mm-hmm. and. To contrast the dark, there's always like a neon, almost like a neon color to it, like the fire in the dark or... When he's in, uh, like, I don't even know what country it was in, like when he goes... The when visit. he goes on the boat? Yeah, like uh, with the dragons oh. and everything. <gasps> Incredible. Visually where was that? Ridiculous. Thailand or... Mm. Do you know where that was? That was in Macau. Okay. Okay. I think. Um, I did have one. I, I just wanted. Yeah, Macau. Is it is it weird that I wanted there to be like a Bond girl? Like I wanted there to be a girl that he was well, with. Well, let's a uh, decent amount. Let's. You know what we ought to do? Uh-huh. Once we finish this general conversation, let's give people a nice chance to jump off, and then let's get into a little bit of spoiler territory to talk about a few things. Okay. Because you're talking about the Bond girl, and I, there's things I would want to say about the 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 lack of or the oh yeah the treatment of the would be Bond girl in this movie that that is one of my kind of jumping off points for the for the movie. Yeah, uh-huh. let's just count. There's 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 three women, and one is Judy Dench. So we're not talking about her, right? About okay, <laughs> that's ruled out. Yeah. Well, I would love to maybe leave that open for people. <laughs> Because there's also some romantic tension between Bond and the villain for the first time in a in a Bond. Yeah, movie. Yes. I thought that was which was very yeah, some very seductive collarbone. Everybody was very <laughs> yeah. uncomfortable with that scene, but I thought I thought yeah, my audience awkwardly laughed. At well, it. I like, thought it was, it was weird. I thought that we're talking about a scene where uh, we haven't even really talked about the yeah, villain Bardem, in this film, yeah. but uh, Bardem, uh, the way he plays this villain. He's getting a lot of attention for this role. I, mm-hmm. I, you know, I feel like a lot of actors could have done sort of this performance. It's kind of a scenery chewing kind of role. I, I do think he's very good, but it, yeah. it's like I wasn't as blown away by him as some other critics seem to have been. But I thought he was really solid, and probably his best scene is the scene where he kind of comes in and and, and taunts uh, mm-hmm. Bond while Bond is tied to a chair. Kind of a familiar scenario in a Bond film where Bond sure. is captured and the villain is sort of laying out his philosophy for him. And I thought that scene was really great. And what we're referring to is a scene where he basically makes his sexuality known in a way that seems very forward towards James Bond. And the way that James Bond responds to it is, is I thought really funny and kind of in character and fits the, especially the last line he says, right. Fits the guy that we know, a guy who's never going to let a situation kind of get the best of him. Something made me really feel weird about him in general. was like, that was pretty much almost the last time that he made contact with him. Like every other time was like distant things that he was doing, his his motives, um, and the people that he had behind him. He was such a big figure in his group that there was very little contact with him during the course of his. You mean like physical contact? Physical contact. Well, I think that's like a part of the whole like cat and mouse thing, though. Like you have these obstacles, roadblocks, like right, people right. in front of him, which I think actually turned it on on its head a little bit because like John, uh, John Bond. <laughs> You're my James Bond. Yeah. <laughs> Bond finds this, you know, one of the female leads, and you know, it's kind of led to um, Silva's character. Uh, and actually, I think that's one of the pieces. Like, he kind of finds him pretty quickly, and like, kind of yeah. has him pegged pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. And like this capture piece that you're talking about, that's all I think kind of set up pretty quickly. And it, and you, you kind of come to find out that it's all like intentional. It's planned that way. Yeah. You know, because this is a guy in the know. This this villain is in the know. He, mm-hmm. he comes from the same mold. You know, literally. There you go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then wink. Yeah. And then, um, you know, it's just like, I think that that's intentional though. I think that's a part of like, 
like that whole cat and mouse. I know what you're saying, but like, yeah. I feel like that whole like that that precedent of like there's all these people between the villain before they get to the villain. You know, the actual the big showdown at the end kind of thing. Yeah. Where like with this one, he actually gets to him pretty quickly. You know, over the course of tracking down one guy and one girl, and then he's got the villain in, in his courtyard of his own private island. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's like that happens. Fa- Later in the movie, but fast, once he's actually on the trail. Yeah. Yeah. But then from that point, you're right. Like, they don't actually, like, they're in different, they're in rooms next to one another. Or, you know, he's in a room while someone else is talking to him or whatever. I think that's, I kind of like that. Like I like how it too. It didn't really bother me as much like that they didn't really physically show off or show down, rather. Yeah. I felt like the fact that they kind of met quickly, got a taste of one another, and, like, kind of knew what they were working with. Um, I think, actually, Silva much more in the know than Bond, you know, mm-hmm. for the majority of the film. Until he catches on. But, I mean, I think it kind of bringing us to that scene at the end, like, uh, again, we're in spoiler territory right now. Um, Like, when we're in Scotland, you know, when we see where James Bond, like, had his childhood, I think that's the scene, like, where you actually see them physically sharing space again. And, like, you know, I kind of like that. And then the whole—one more thing. The whole idea that he presented to him that basically they're expendable. Mm -hmm. And— I feel like when when he was faced with that fact that he was an expendable mm-hmm. and whatever happened to him to make him realize that, he got over it pretty quickly, which was kind of weird to me. Bond? Yeah. Because <clears throat> basically the whole the whole recurring idea, one of the ideas was that despite the fact that you have this mission that's larger than life and you're chosen out of all these people – you are expendable. You can be replaced. You have been replaced. Mm-hmm. I've been replaced. You will be replaced. And you have been replaced. This idea was given to him in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And then, then when Javier talked to him, his character talked to him. And it's something about maybe he's just like a, a, a robot. He just didn't. If he would have struggled with that a little more, it would have made more sense to me. Because mm-hmm. that was a big idea. It was a big idea because of what happened to him. Yeah, at the beginning of the movie. Yeah, I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I gotta say, the the opening scene into the the opening like credit sequence sequence. was, I mean, really eye popping stuff, and all that stuff was really well laid out with regards to the way that opening sequence plays, and you see the stakes, Mm -hmm. and then you see what happens to him. You know, the the sort of benevolent uh, leadership of of M. Yeah. has has this kind of rough edge to it and she'll cut losses uh if she needs to and a lot of that kind of comes back to haunt her in the movie and we're supposed to kind of see him as the one man cold enough to actually handle that fact right that sure. I, i'm that gonna throw sense. myself at this mission until i'm even gonna risk everything to save this person mm-hmm. who would sacrifice me if this if the tables were turned mm-hmm. i think we're supposed to almost see that he thinks that makes her a pragmatic leader and not someone who's going to get sentiment overwhelming her. But I, you know, I think in a different, there's a lot of things that would be examined uh, differently if this was a heavier movie. I'll get into, I'll go ahead and the thing I've been tiptoeing around the whole review is the, 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 Poor uh, uh, Severin getting uh, what, what, getting shot the, in the middle the, of the movie. What the hell was the point of it? I I, th- I thought that that to me took the sort of fun like temporarily. It made the movie a lot less fun for for a little while because it did. because the way that they. Their relationship kind of developed, like you know, it's the it's the the hot. Uh, I guess he meets, he sees her in Shanghai, yeah. and she sees him, and then they meet later. And there's this kind of, you know, I mean, you know, in a Bond film that that there might be some collateral damage, and some woman might get caught in the crossfire. And I do think that that's part of the sort of 
people that want to accuse the movies of being kind of chauvinistic or misogynistic. There's the kind of a treatment of women that the movies are sort of famous for. And I think that it's part of the spirit of it. And I, mm-hmm. I, I think that you sort of, you don't go to James Bond if you're, to criticize gender politics. <laughs> right, right. But you do sort of, I, I felt like that, that was them holding to a trope of the series, which is that you have a, a femme fatale type character in the middle of the movie who gets killed, who get, you know, but I just felt like the way it got played off, it was so blase and the way Bond didn't even, he didn't even seem irritated yeah, that she like, got killed. Oh. And, and we're to think that she, you know, she basically tried to help him and then got beaten up and tied up and shot. I don't know. I just, that, that it, was just too grim. It was weird. I mean, I think he the movie recovered. Her. I think the movie recovered in terms of the story, but I just felt like, that was too grim of a thing to have happened to a character who we didn't really see. It's not like she tried to double cross James Bond at the last minute and kind of deserved it or whatever. She was just kind of caught in the crossfire. And it seemed like it would have fit in Quantum of Solace or Casino Royale (laughs) because because those movies were utterly cheerless. But this movie has him wisecracking the second, you know, like right after she gets killed, he's cracking wise. To me, that felt a little disgusting on a certain he had, level he had sex with her and then it happened it yeah. wasn't like he had met her <laughs> yeah. and then she got killed. i right. wouldn't i would have been i would have been perfectly okay with her just being killed and, and like the little moment that they had when he first met her and then she yeah. got killed but they had sex on the way to meet him yeah she got killed and then he was just like oh okay yeah <laughs> there was also one other thing and I, you know before we get back into some of the things that were legitimately great about the film um the scene with the subway and the bomb, I just, do you know the part I'm talking <laughs> yes. about? That just felt like they were just they were just making fun of any kind of concept of logic. or pl- I just don't see how that could have been his plan, was to lure Bond into this, suit, this one chamber and then blow up right in time for a subway train to come through there. It was so perfectly timed. It was, it was, it was funny. funny. It was funny to me, but it may, I felt like we were right back in Roger Moore Bond territory right. when that happened. It's, you like know? It, it's like if you follow someone around <laughs> yeah. and then they, they hit a button and they're like, gotcha. And yeah, you get right. into the cage like, yeah, a tent, whoa, or, I, falls on you. You were supposed to be right there when it happened. Yeah. It's just very strange, but I get it. I get but I, it again. I, again, not the kind of thing that sinks a movie. It's just it's just a silly moment that made <laughs> me go, okay, moment. this movie is kind of embracing some of the kind of you know wackier. And it kind of looked like a toy train. That was as I was going. Yeah, that's another thing about. But well, Roger Moore would have said, "I need to catch a train" or something like that. <laughs> yeah. So at least this you know this movie kind of spared right. spared that sort of thing. But again. It, so well shot that I was that even that I was like that looks really cool. I just wish I could understand how that happened. <laughs> he timed it perfectly. That's I think we're making Steve mad. No, I'm just. Uh, I don't know. I, I guess. I guess. Like, I don't know. Like I guess I didn't really. It, it made no sense. What the train? Yeah, it made no sense. Like it hadn't I mean, happened. You know, you you are like watching a movie. I would say. Like I, I don't. I don't think like the Bond world is. I mean, while while I will say, I feel like the the. Daniel Craig bonds feel a little more real, yeah. you know, like, you know, this could be a real mm-hmm. agent and with this could be happening, especially this film up mm-hmm. maybe with that point yeah. with the exception being, but I mean, I was thinking more so about like the scene with the, uh, with, uh, the Berenice, I forget mm-hmm. what her character's name was, but, um, Severine, Severine. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I, it didn't really like, it didn't take me out of it because it just kind of made me kind of, I felt like it was trying to go along with the theme of like just how expendable everything was, you know, yeah. like yeah, whether it I was Bond or how Silva felt about his betrayal with him and all these things. Like, I, I thought it was maybe just him flexing like how he can do the same thing that he felt was done to him. Yeah, yeah. you know what I mean. And like, and and playing to Bond's inability to shoot, you know, like mm-hmm. 
you know, knowing where he was and knowing that he failed every test that M lied to get him in the field and to basically throw him as he put it. I think you could have the that without, kind of thing. without the sort of grimness of the Did, thing I'm talking about. It didn't ruin the movie for me. It sure. just made me think, wow, Bond really is a dick that he, you know, he didn't even flinch. <laughs> he didn't even flinch. Man, you know, and I'm not just saying it's sad that she got killed because she was pretty. So to to talk about this whole dark tone of this movie, man. See, to me, it didn't seem darker than the last two. It did, I mean, like that was except for the one scene I keep mentioning. But that like, scene, and then the, the something about how this scene was filmed, the the court scene. Love that scene. Yeah, it was. It was. When dark. you're saying dark, do you mean like? Like a like a sense of dread. Are you talking just about the dread, way it like, physically looked? Just or? it physically looked and the way it felt. Like I think the movie. So I, yes to everything. I think. Yeah. <laughs> I just, All the it above. Just felt That's dark. the thing. After fifty episodes, see if he's learned to he disagree just like, with yes, you wholesale. Yeah. The, the three. Yeah, movies, let me just say what I want to say. The three <laughs> movies just felt. I'm, uh, this felt darker than any of the other movies. Period. Like just the way violence is handled in it. Okay. The way. The, I, I would have to see the other two, but the yeah, way I, I felt was that this one had so much more humor in it. It did, but it did to break up. I think it was purposefully put in there to break up everything that happened. Mm-hmm. I would agree with that. And like, I also um, think it was like trying to tap into some of like the history of the Bond franchise. Like, I mean, like we just said, it's the 50th anniversary. Like there's there's a fan base that needs to know that the filmmakers that are handling this now know where these films came from. Right. Granted, you know they do, mm-hmm. but yeah. they want to see it on the screen. And I think the way they did like the little winks and nods and like you know some of the more like kind of one-liners that they share like the scene with q and bond and like that's there to like balance some of the stuff out like i don't know that i feel like it's like super dark yeah i, I definitely feel like, like dark, it's like dark, the whole but... uh daniel craig piece of bond is, is definitely a darker uh you know darker section of the franchise yeah but i think like what what really strikes me as dark is like just the themes of the of this film yeah. like not like I said it earlier, but I think just what feels darker, like to a person, is like what one person does to another. Yeah. You know, like I, I feel like these grand schemes of like world domination, like of a poker, you know, of a, of a casino game, or yeah. you know, I don't even remember Quantum of Solace, like what the what the grand scheme was, but like what I remember from things like that are like these little stories where it's not really a little story, but no, I know what you're talking about. It though. like comes down between literally all this is happening because of. Silva, what happened with Silva and M, like mm-hmm. before Bond was a blip on the radar in this world, mm-hmm. you know, and that's like really interesting to me. I think that's a dark territory. I think mm-hmm. that it takes place inside of a person's body, in their mind, in their mental state of like how you don't come out of that, you know, being okay. Right. And it doesn't just stop, you know, like, you know, the agent, you know, again, I'm sorry, spoilers or whatnot, but like, you know, the way Silva explains it to Bond and, and trying to appeal to him in a way. Mm-hmm. You know, the, to explain why he's doing what he's doing and, and how he can do what he does is because, like, you know, he has that sense of expendable. And, yeah. you know, I was forgotten, but, you know, you, you you can't forget me because I have this ability now that was thrown out. You know what I mean? Like, I think that's scary, you know, and I think that's something yeah. that Bond, Daniel Craig's Bond and, I'm not, and not many other Bond iterations that I've experienced has really dealt with. Is that one person that has the vendetta against one other person that everybody else sorry, that everybody else is like a casualty of? Yeah, Do you know what I'm saying. Yeah. I think that's why. That's I, dark. I think that's why that scene was so dark. Because when he wanted to kill her, he wanted to kill him. He was just like, he wanted he can't he 
brought all of his people to court to kill her. It wasn't a, it wasn't like an elaborate out. And there wasn't there wasn't a, talk to there you. wasn't like a hiccup in it at all. Yeah, he just, like he just, had his tunnel vision on one person. They would have, yeah. yeah, and that's yeah. it. Yeah, there's something scary about the guy who just won't stop. Yeah, and I mean, and and it's like when he's coming for you, and like she was kind of unshaken by a lot of it in a lot of ways. It, it starts to get to her a little bit. Mm-hmm. But I mean, that scene that you're talking about when she's at you know at the uh, at the ministry, like for explaining what's going on with the with the. With the uh, with the service or with the program and and like you know Tanner's getting these texts from Q like to to get to get him out of there like mm-hmm. you know he's on his way whatnot and like he doesn't stop her because like she's getting this moment of explaining and it's just like a really cool scene and mm-hmm. I don't know it's just like you know it, she's un, unbreakable in those moments and I I think that's pretty slick but yeah okay so um budget of one hundred and fifty to two hundred million yeah, box office it's already made uh, five hundred and sixty nine <laughs> um, million worldwide. Wow. You think they're gonna make another James Bond film? Yeah, it's looking pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Is it gonna be Daniel Craig? Yeah, I think he's signed on for two him? more. He's signed for five, but oh, he, five, yeah, two he, more, yeah. but he has been since the kind of press tour for this started. Mm. I've caught him in a couple of places, sort of talking about how he feels like he's playing. I don't know if it's just a salary thing or something, but he yeah, yeah. seems to be sort of talking about feeling like he's played this character too many times. I've, yeah, I've heard that too. That's why I was. I was wondering, like, it doesn't <clears throat> doesn't necessarily mean he's gonna do it. Yeah, I've heard a lot of weird rumors about. Did you like, hear the Idris Elba one? Yes. Can Ooh. I tell you something? Okay. Can oh, we man, tell one okay. Are we all in favor of Idris yes. Elba? Yes. Right. Okay. Yeah. So, so hold Why on. Not? This has so been cool. a rumor yeah. since yeah. like Golden Eye time. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. That that was gonna be a black Bond, and I I mean like I don't. Do you like, remember when they were actually talking about Wesley Snipes? Yes. That would be te- <laughs> him they now. No, they were. I know it was like Blade Wesley Snipes. No, they wanted it to be him with the uh, <laughs> what movie was it where he had the bleached blonde hair? <laughs> oh God, Demolition, Demolition Man. Man. Yeah, that would be horrific. No, um, yeah, Idris Elba would be. Oh man. But but I I guess I'm not a big fan of making bl- characters black for the sake of making them black. But this feels it, it, he has such a good. Well, there was a uproar when he was blonde, so let's yeah. see how a black James Bond would do. It's a big deal. Probably amazing. I mean, I think he'd be. So I feel like good. if they could do it without making it a big deal, I think the. I mean, because I'll be honest, I don't think that people are excited about that idea because he's black. I think right. it's exciting to realize if you, it's like a secondary excitement to go, Oh, that's kind of cool yeah. that we could actually see something like that happen. But I don't think, yeah, there's like, it'd be like, I don't know. There's a lot of scuttlebutt whenever that happens about whether you can take a classic character and change the race, whether it changes the character. Yeah. I think James Bond has proven to be such a, uh, uh, I don't know, just a transformable character. I mean, you know, different actors have played. I would, him. I would, I would love. And the great happened. thing is, they wouldn't have to explain it or reboot the world or anything around him. Yeah. I think that that would the cool thing to do would be just to say, like a lot of people have said, would that then somehow come along with an explanation that James Bond is like an identity that gets passed down? Right. I don't think they should ever try to explain in universe why James Bond is a different guy. Sometimes I, yeah. I feel like that feels a little like. I don't know. To me, that would somehow try to set up the idea that all these movies have taken place in the same world, and that's sure. just yeah. insane. That was, stupid. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah, you, you're right. They, but they I, I guess you have to reset a little bit when it's a new actor. We'll have to see. They would adju- I know they would have really cool ways for the villain and some of the mm-hmm. members of MI6 to address the fact that... I mean, he's, he's he has a different vibe to him, and he's he reminds me brute sort of he's his physicality is is even more like yeah yeah like so that would be solid. that yeah. would be interesting so yeah i'm i'm pro so we've already cast yeah idris elba in james bond 51 yeah i would i would love to see that 
24. Oh, that's right. <laughs> In the 51st year. No, I'm talking about they should do another 26 movies with Craig before they move on to that guy. No, but here's the thing. Can you sort of see, looking at that arc over those three movies, I mean, it's almost like you could imagine, if you were an actor, feeling like you made a pretty complete statement. I mean, a lot of... A oh, lot of absolutely. you know, a lot of actors do that sort of action adventure movie that doesn't even turn into a trilogy or a series. So I, I could totally see Craig wanting to leave, but I, I, I don't know. He's so solid in the role. I would almost like to see him yeah. be one of those actors to to have a little bit of a longer longer stay with it. I, I will never understand that. I just feel like if I, I mean, this is probably just. I don't know if it's selfishness or whatever, but like if I, I was an actor of, of his, I think he's a he's a good he's actor. Great. I mean, he's been in some other films that he's been pretty good in. And he doesn't want like, to be. I love him, and I mean, small role, but in Road to Perdition, I don't know if yeah. you remember him in that. Well, um, that was another Sam yeah, Mendes. Yeah, movie. And I mean, that it was. I love that smaller role. Anyway, I just think like Jude Law's great in that too. Yeah, I, I love I, Jude Law. He's not in enough movies. Mm-hmm. I think that. Like, if I had that opportunity to be 52. this, <laughs> to be this character. That, you know, one, you are so well received it. I feel like in general, people like him as Bond. Mm-hmm. And, you know, critically, I mean, not so much Quantum, but I mean, both Casino Royale and this film, way over 90% on any of the little mm-hmm. Metacritic sites you can go to, mm-hmm. which is, in, it, it's insane. Like a quality yeah. film, great performance by Bond, everybody loves you. I don't know that I'd ever want to like, even if I felt like I've done a lot as this character, that's the challenge of taking it to the next one, you know, like you know, with the right team. Mm-hmm. You know, we've been talking about this a lot, like with Star Wars and everything recently. This is obviously a resurgence for this property. You know, like this this has almost never happened. Mm-hmm. And now that it did, even two years later, the biggest opening, you know, ever for a domestic release for Bond film, the second biggest in the UK behind a Harry Potter film. You know, this movie is, is, is a, there's a chance this movie yeah. makes almost a billion dollars, one Bond film. You know, like obviously you're doing something right. Yeah. I, I would challenge you to continue. I mean, I, I would not like to see him dip out before his, you know, if he's got two left, take it to five, man. See where you can go with it and then hand it off to Idris and let's see where he goes. I think the reason a lot of actors are reluctant to sign on to this type of part at all is because of just that it beget it, you know, when it's a successful series, the the assembly line has you getting off one and kind of getting ready for sure. the next one. Yeah, I understand that. But, but you're, I don't know, in the sense of only two more, and then you can go back to doing... And at that point, you can sort of be... You know, now you're on the Mount Rushmore of of actors for a little while. Like, that's a... a his of, profile has, has, has risen so much since he started doing those movies. Yeah, it, I mean, if yeah. you have two more solid yeah. films, like, in, in, the, in the direction that this one took it, I mean, there may be conversations of maybe that's becoming mm-hmm. a definitive bond. I don't know. So, Who knows? I mean, but, uh, we know Daniel Craig is listening... We basically think it would just be contrary on your part to to leave the part at this yeah. point. We know you just it, you just be I mean, trying just, to act cool. Too he's cool the to only one Bond. to really have that sort of stamp. We want to be I mean, talking about you this time next year. Yeah, yeah. I feel or like the James Bond. Two more years. Yeah. The, two more years. The people that have done it in the past kind of like sync though. I mean, Pierce. Come on. He was in Mamma Mia. Come on. Come Let's on, be buddy. Did you not see him sing in Mamma Mia? <laughs> Come on, buddy. It's just after you do that, there's nothing else to do. But he he has proven he did a girl with the dragon tattoo. Mm-hmm. Great movie. Yeah. Can't wait to see the next one. So I don't know. He He's he's the exception to the rule. I, I don't know. I like him as Bond. I like this film a lot. Yeah. It, it's like, I don't feel like, except for the opening sequence, there isn't like any like huge action scene. Mm-hmm. But I feel like, like you were kind of talking about earlier, John, like there's so much visually, even if it's not a 
blowout, the crazy ass action scene mm-hmm. to keep your interest and to make you visually stunned, like the scene in Scotland or mm-hmm. in the courtroom, like Ronald said. There's so much going on, um, and I feel like some people may even find you know joy out of the subway scene. I know you yeah. guys didn't, but. I mean, I just think that like Sam Mendes has done a great job with this film, and I've always been excited to see what he was going to do with it when I when I knew he was going to be directing this years ago. But it, it, it's just such a great step, and I, I'm I'm re excited. Like Quantum let me down, and like it's like okay, now I can be excited about this franchise too. Mm-hmm. You know, I love I love franchises in general. I mean, as long as they're handled properly, and I think that you know this has been handled pretty well. And um, I don't know. I think I think it's a huge plus for the franchise. So how long do you think uh, Silva spent on those little hacker animations that pop up <laughs> in someone's computer? Uh, Man. Do you think he had like a web design team working on that? Or? I like them a lot. I like that, them a lot. I, I just, I love that. I think that plays his character. It's like just such a cheese ball. Yeah. Like for all of your technology and crap, I did this like so easily and look how shitty it looks. Right. You know, I can just fuck your shit up that easily yeah. and it looks like a 10-year-old made this. I love that I love that he he seems like he's so proud of that stuff like. Mm-hmm. Look at that anime. Like he seems like he would say something. He's such an amazing character. He was good. Mm-hmm. I would I would say it's definitely probably my it's definitely my favorite with Craig in it. Oh mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, I think there's like some pieces of some of the Brazen films I just like liked because I remember I guess thinking they were so slick because it was like my kind of in- introduction to the Bond series like, yeah. when I was younger. And like, of course, the video games were like a huge part back then, like the, you know, GoldenEye and everything. Like, so there's a cool factor there. But I think just as a film, absolutely my favorite Bond film. I mean, no doubt for me. I w- yeah, you kind of have to look at, at as as a movie. Yeah. This is one of the one of the best films overall that they've made. Uh, like as far as a standalone movie that you could just point to as a, an example of really across the board, uh, really good filmmaking. For sure. So uh, yeah, go see it. Is that what, I think that's yeah. what we're trying to say. Yeah. Yeah. So if, if you're one of yeah. the people that, you know, if you're that guy that hasn't seen it yet, apparently yeah. according to the, the grosses, <laughs> go check it out. Uh, what else we got? I think that's, that's it. We're going for... to put a, put a bow on this one and call it number 50. Yeah. That's what's happening right now. So sky falls in theaters. Now, if you haven't seen it, go check it out. John recommends IMAX. I'm going to check it out on IMAX again for sure. I, I got to see it again. It me either. Well, maybe we can go see it again in IMAX. Yeah, we should do it. We that. should go together. Make, maybe make it some lunch, see how it goes afterwards. Sounds good. Commemorate right. this special occasion. Sexual favors. Who knows? Let's not, let's not get ahead of ourselves. <laughs> A little hanging dee dandy. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, again, thank you. Thank you, John, Ronald, for always doing this. So, you know, we, we've, been, you. we've been on point with this like every week for a while now. And yeah. It feels awesome. And it does feel awesome. It's been a lot of fun and we'll keep doing this as long as it stays fun. And I'm sure it'll be for a while because we have yeah. a great time doing this. Definitely. So. But that in order for that to happen, you guys got to, you know, share this podcast as much as you may love it. Don't 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 take ownership over it and not share it with your friends yeah. and and and, and try you... to keep it from from selling out. We want to sell out. We yep. want we want people to listen mm-hmm. to us. So we know that's what the problem is. <laughs> yeah. I know you just love it so much. <laughs> like, people, I want to keep this little gem my own. The people that love this podcast, I, they've gotten together and they've decided to jealously guard it. OK. From any new audience, I get that that hipstery. Stop doing that. And fifty is the moment that you need to let us go. Yeah, right. Let let us fly. Let us (laughs) spread our wings. Tell everybody. Don't be a bitch about it. So you know, like it on (laughs) like it on Facebook. We have the page on there. Um, the site, which admittedly we got to get back on the site, man. We've been so focused on recording the podcast, we haven't been as active on the site. But um, you know, we have the moviesmovie.net, moviesmovie at gmail.com. But I think the biggest thing is just the iTunes podcast. I mean, this is what we spend so much time doing. If you can like it, star it, review it. 
you know, email us ways you might know that we may be able to get this further and wider. I don't know anything. We, mm-hmm. we would like any kind of help you can throw our way. Um, even if you just click share and, and link it to your Facebook, whatever. I mean, people listen to their friends and, and word of mouth is everything. So, um, you know, whatever you can do to help us get the word out would be, would be much appreciated for every extra, for every, every new subscriber that we get. I think like maybe we could have some special like promotion where like people write in dialogue and maybe you can like read it. That would be amazing. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna sign you up. Oh, I'll do it. You, you, okay. I'll do it. Okay. We'll have to figure that out. I would but, do that. All right. What you're implying? <laughs> <laughs> What's you know? Eventually, Keith David is gonna get wind of all this. We're gonna so, get him on the show. Him we're gonna get him and on. Then we're gonna here. talk yeah. to John. Each you other. better figure out how to have people call in or something because <laughs> yeah, he's gonna, he's gonna call out. into this freaking show, well, folks. This is confusing and we've got no idea what we're talking about. <laughs> but I think we just came up with the plan to get Keith David on this podcast <laughs> before episode. What's our goal? For, uh, before one oh oh, maybe yeah, he could be on one oh oh. Right. If he knew how important he was to this podcast. Mm-hmm. I want to I want to irritate him. I want to say, you know, my favorite movie that you've done is Barbershop. <laughs> go. What? What? What the fuck? Maybe we could dedicate a whole episode to shit. him and talk about his that films, and then shit. we could send it to his people. His people could get in touch with our people, which is just us three. <laughs> yeah, and just make it happen. It'll get word. It'll get to him that there's a podcast where people have talked about your movies, and Keith David will probably be he might be charmed by that. Yeah, I think so. Too. I think he would be. He has a sleazy look to him, though, man. See, I don't know if that's going to charm him. You probably should. Yeah. Can you cut that part, John? In in some of your Don't listen to it, Mr. David. (laughs) We know you and Daniel Craig get together every week and listen to this podcast. Mm, mm, Yeah. mm. But yeah, guys, thanks so much. Episode 50, it's been a blast, like every other episode. Um, Do you guys have anything else to throw in? Do you want to tag this with anything that you want to promote or direct people to? Mm. No, not that I can think of. I wish I had something going on <laughs> besides this podcast. Um, I nothing I can think of right now. All right, cool. Well, thank you guys. Right, awesome. <laughs> Moving on. Sounds I'm like trying, a I'm trying to bump you and let, let, let you kind of. Sounds like a couple of movers and shakers on here. Right? <laughs> a lot of interesting people here in this podcast. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening and for the fiftieth time you've made our day. Oh, <laughs> oh. Now stop it. Guess not. No. Check, check, check. Talk it up a little bit. See how you sound. Hello. Did it say that? Hold it like that. What are you? What are you doing? Is I put it. That's what it looks like in the picture. Told it that way. I'm not holding the mic at all. Well, the place it there. You think it should go like that?